This podcast was produced by Big Night Media, a proud partner of Big Night Entertainment. And you know what? It's really fun to be here. Y'all know that theme music. What's up, what's up, what's up? How are we doing? How are we doing? And welcome to episode 121, episode 121 of the Banner Banter Podcast. I am your host and favorite Boston Celtics season ticket holder, Timmy G. How's everyone doing? You can find me on the Twitter machine at Banner Banter 18 or on Facebook and Instagram at Banner Banter Podcast. And as you know, I'm part of the Big Night Media team with some fantastic podcasts like Boston Uncommon with Joe Maz, The Marky P Show, Eat the Damn Cake, Those Girls You Know, Drinks After Work, Let's Be Clear with Kayla, I'm the promoter, he's the DJ burnt toast before i go with jd and of course big night media also has big night breaks and big night breaks yesterday on sunday at big night live hosted the very first causeway card show an absolutely incredible sports card hobby show what a turnout what an event congratulations to chris costa timmy tens only randy scott Smile, it's Kyle. Everyone involved in that absolutely incredible turnout. Chase Winovich from the New England Patriots was there. There were trades, there were deals, there were cards. Really, really cool event. Congratulations to everyone involved. That was really, really cool. And finally, before we start talking about the Boston Celtics, go to BigNightShop.com, click the Big Night Media tab, click the Banner Banter Podcast tab, and go get yourself some merchandise. I added four new merchandise items, a tank top for the ladies, a trucker hat, uh, golf polo and just a standard banner banter podcast t-shirt nothing fancy but it gets the job done so go over to bignightshop.com and support the podcast thanks so much folks i'm excited and you should be too because the boston celtics have won six games in a row they won all three of their games on their west coast road trip and they won all three of the games this week but i'm loving it they beat the portland trailblazers in portland 116 to 115 they beat the los angeles lakers 121 to 113 they beat the golden state warriors at home on saturday night 119 to 114 so the trailblazers game great game gritty win love it especially on the road on the west coast love it then the Lakers game. The Lakers. Oh, I love when the Celtics beat the Lakers because I hate the Lakers so much. It brings me so much joy. And the fact that fans were allowed back in the Staples Center for the first time and the arch rival comes in and beats them. Oh, I love that. I absolutely love it. And then, folks, the Warriors game. I was lucky enough to be there. What a game. What an atmosphere. I I don't care if it was only 3,000 people in there. That game was incredible. Shout out to Steph Curry. What a oh, what a basketball player! What a shooter! It, it it's it. I I I'm I'm a stuttering Stanley right now because I, I I don't even know how to explain it. He's unbelievable. But Jason Tatum was even better. Celtics win one nineteen to one fourteen. What a game! Six wins in a row. Eight out of ten. Guess what we have to do now? Let's do our brand new segment. 
Banner Banter Podcast, Eastern Conference Standings Watch. Okay, so now I can say the word currently, because currently the Boston Celtics are the fourth seed. They're a half game up on the Atlanta Hawks, who are currently beating the Indiana Pacers on a Sunday afternoon by nine points. And that that's important because the Atlanta Hawks own the tiebreaker over the Boston Celtics. So if the Hawks and the Celtics tie for the same exact record. The Hawks will have the higher seeding because I don't know if you remember in February, they played each each other, what, like three times in eight or nine days, or maybe it was 10 days, something like that. And Hawks won two out of those three games. The teams aren't playing again for the rest of the year. So the Hawks own that tiebreaker. So not great. So you do need to finish better than the Atlanta Hawks in some way, shape or form to hopefully get that fourth seed or the fifth seed, whatever the case may be. You do not want the sixth seed. I mean, maybe you do to play, you know, the Milwaukee Bucks, but the goal is to not play in that play-in series games if you're the 7th, 8th, ninth, or 10th seed. You don't want that in any way, shape, or form. So the Hawks are currently beating the Pacers by 5, and the New York Knicks are currently playing the Pelicans, and they are beating them by 4. So that's that, but let's figure out what all those teams are doing, because it is kind of cool to be part of the standings watch. Obviously, you want the Celtics to be the 1 seed or the 2 seed, and you know, be able to rest the guys at the end of the season but guess what that ain't happening so why don't we dive deep into the standings watch so this week the celtics have the bulls and the suns at home and then they play the nets and the hornets on the road so they play monday thursday friday sunday so that's the situation so two obviously tough games right in the middle of that the suns and the nets for the celtics we'll talk about that in a little bit then you have the atlanta hawks they have the magic the knicks the heat and the Bucks. Three out of those four games are at home. Obviously, you're cheering for the Knicks, the Heat, and the Bucks to win, but at the same time, you got to make sure the Celtics are winning too, because the Knicks are in the middle of a six-game homestand right now. They're going to be playing the Hawks, the Hornets, the Raptors, all at home this week, and then the Heat. They're playing the Rockets, Spurs, Hawks, and Bulls, and then you have the Hornets, who have been slowly fading down the standings. They are currently in eighth. They have the Knicks, Bulls, Celtics, and Cavs. So, according to Tankathon.com, really cool website that does... Uh, NBA mock drafts and as well as strength of schedule, uh, they have the Celtics with the sixth easiest easiest schedule. Wow, my brain literally just lit on fire when I tried to say that. The sixth easiest schedule remaining in the NBA. Celtics are currently thirty-one and twenty-six. They have fifteen games left, and that's how they figured it all out. The Heat they have the ninth easiest schedule. The Hornets have the tenth easiest schedule. The Hawks have the 11th easiest schedule. I can't say that. Easiest schedule. That's a mouthful. Easiest schedule. And anyways, and then the New York Knicks, they actually have the 7th toughest schedule remaining. So that is going to be very, very interesting as well. So what are we going to talk about this week on the podcast? Obviously, I'll give you your stud and dud of the week in a little bit. We'll preview the upcoming week for the Celtics as well. And lately, what I've been trying to do is, instead of recapping each game, because I know most of the people that listen to this podcast try and watch as many Celtics games as possible, so I don't want to bore you to death with that. And my apologies to those who rely on my recaps, so on and so forth, but... I want to talk about what the Boston Celtics have done since the trade deadline. About 13 games in, this has nothing to do with Daniel Tice. The Celtics aren't better because they got rid of Daniel Tice. Stop with that nonsense. Even if you're being funny, it's not true. Daniel Tice will be inside TD Garden tonight at 7.30 against the Chicago Bulls. I will not be there, but please, by all means, give him a round of applause. I loved Daniel Tice. He was awesome. He was so much fun. 
to to watch and you know they stashed him in germany came over and he was a huge part of what the celtics did last year getting the eastern conference finals so shout out to daniel tice so again these last 13 games since the trade deadline have nothing to do with daniel tice but the celtics do have the second best overall record in the nba since the trade deadline 10 and 3 the team above them the phoenix suns who are playing on thursday night at td garden at seven o'clock the suns are 11 and 2 what the celtics have done is fantastic they're top 10 in three-point shooting percentage. You love to hear that. Top three in free throw percentage. Now, earlier in the year, I bitched and moaned that the Celtics didn't get to the line enough. And when they did get to the line, they missed their free throws. So it's good to see them now getting to the free throw line and now hitting their free throws. You love to see that. Top seven in defensive rebounding. They're tied for six in blocks. And they have a plus plus minus differential of eight which is actually third best in the NBA. So I had to explain. I know what it means, but I had to explain that so you didn't get a headache the best way possible. So the offensive rating is at 113, top 10. The defensive rating is at 108, top 10. The entire month of February, their offensive rating was 17th. Their defensive rating was 19th. So they're doing a, they're just doing so many things better. They're shooting the ball better. They're rebounding the ball better. Everything's happening and they're improving right at the right time. For them to go from 17th to 8th or 9th in, def- in offensive rating is crazy. But the big thing is, is 19th to top 10. I mean, their defensive rating, I, I think in, oh, what was it? In February was like 114 and now it's 108. That's a huge difference. And that shows growth in the team. So shout out to Brad Stevens there. Now, of course, there's been a few factors part of this great run. Jason Tatum, what he has done over the last two or three weeks has been absolutely incredible. It's almost like what he did last year. His game just took another level. I feel like he's finally healthy with COVID. He talks about how he has to take a little shot of... um, He now may have asthma, and he has an inhaler uh, due to COVID and all that stuff, but he is an all-NBA player. Again, he won Eastern Conference Player of the Year last week, and guess what? He's, he might win it again this week, and he might even win Eastern Conference Player of the Month. It's either going to be him or Embiid at this point. But Jason Tatum taking his game to another level is inc- is absolutely incredible. What he did against the Golden State Warriors the other night was so much fun to watch, so much fun to be a part of. It was basically like, hey, Steph Curry, you're a top five NBA player. Guess what? I am too, and I'm not going to stop. And for him to drop 44 points off 16 of 25 shooting – And the other thing that I feel like not a lot of people are talking about and it needs to be talked about more, Jason Tatum's rebounding has absolutely skyrocketed. I think I I mentioned it last week. He did it in like two straight games. But now I think in four out of the last six games or so, Jason Tatum has had double figure rebound games. And that is so important for him to be good on all ends and all aspects of the game. Defense, offense, rebounding, getting other guys involved. I mean, he's averaging like four and a half assists during this run. It's absolutely incredible. And speaking about getting guys involved, Kemba. Kemba is finding his spots better. Kemba was very important. The Celtics went on a 21-2 to run on Saturday night to kind of get back into that ball game against the Warriors. And Kemba Walker had 12 out of those 21 points. That's big. And I mentioned last week, his passing has been huge for this team. In the last 13 games, he's averaging six assists a game. Now, I don't like the fact that he's taking eight three-pointers a game because he's only shooting 30% from three. And there were a couple times where I felt like Kemba rushes his three-point shots versus 
getting to that elbow because we all know cardiac Kemba, that step back elbow jumper. So get to the elbow. If your three-point shot ain't falling, take a step in. Find a way to make it work. Please, for the love of God, that would really mean a lot to me for you to just take a step in and hit a jumper. Yes, I understand threes are better than twos. And Brad probably pushes it. Fine. But at the same time, if you have two guys coming at you, don't jack up a three. Dribble in between them like you've done your entire career and take a jumper from the free throw line. Maybe a step back from the free throw line. Whatever the case may be. And the other important part of this 13 game, you know, this good little 10 and 3 run since the trade deadline, you know, minus the three point shooting, the free throw percentage, the defensive rebounding, the blocks. Whatever the case may be, I feel like guys are finally finding their roles. Marcus in the bubble thought he had to do it on both ends, offense and defense. And to be honest with you, there were times that the Celtics needed that. But now I really think with Jalen dropping 40 points the other night against the Lakers, Jason dropping, I mean, what was it, last Friday against the Timberwolves or two Fridays ago against the Timberwolves, he dropped 53. He dropped 44 against Steph Curry. Now... I really think Marcus understands his role that maybe he is the fourth best option. And I understand Marcus Smart isn't the best free three-point shooter in the world. But like most of those three-point shots he took in that Warriors game, for example, I wasn't angry at. They were wide open. It's when Marcus Smart tries to get cute and do step-back jumpers after seeing one or two fall in. That's where I think everyone really gets angry. But Marcus Smart did an incredible job in the Trailblazers game, not letting C.J. McCollum or Damian Lillard get their shots off. He was in their face the entire time, fighting through screens. This week for Marcus Smart defensively was that classic Marcus Smart, why so many Celtics fans love Marcus Smart and would die for Marcus Smart because the defensive effort, we all seen the replay of him diving for that loose ball, couldn't get it, sprinted all the way back, stole it, threw it behind his back to save it. An incredible play. Marcus Smart's defense stood out this week. Not a scoring, not a shooting. And it, I understand why Marcus wants to shoot the ball more. You know, he'll probably get more money that way, blah, 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 et cetera, et cetera when his contract is up, not at the end of this year, but at the following season. I don't know. I I really think that Marcus Smart, if he can just really focus on defense and show this team the heart and the grit that it needs, especially around playoff time, the scoring will come to him for sure. And the way that he defended C.J. McCollum and Damian Lillard in that Portland game was incredible. He did a good job on Steph Curry too, but Steph Curry is just ridiculous. He's so goddamn good. It's it's unbelievable. I, I could talk about Steph Curry all day. I He's so much fun to watch, but we're not going to do it in any way, shape, or form. Now, the other thing that's really helped the Celtics during this time is Tristan Thompson. And I know that Tristan Thompson has been a little selfish probably with, the, with all the COVID stuff. He was like in the health and safety protocols and he would go out and, you know, I don't like the Kardashians and blah, 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 blah. But Tristan Thompson, since he has been back, has been incredible. It may not show up on the stat sheet, but they have missed the physical side of Tristan Thompson. They've missed his veteran leadership, I think, on the floor. I know he doesn't do a lot, but you can notice that Tristan Thompson is now noticeable in January and February. He wasn't noticeable out there, and now he is, and I think that's very important. And since he has come back, the Celtics have won six in a row. I've seen all those bullshit things about, you know, since Romeo Langford has returned, the Celtics are, no. Since Tristan Thompson has returned, they've won six in a row. 
And this was needed because when you actually think about it, the Time Lord has missed the last two games due to left knee soreness. So without having Daniel Tice and then them getting rid of Mo Wagner to sign Jabari Parker, you need a big. And I don't think Taco Fall is ready for that. And I don't want Grant Williams to be the center in any way, shape, or form. And I don't want to play small ball. I don't want to do that. So Tristan Thompson coming in, and, and I, I understand they have Luke Cornett too. I, I just think Luke Cornett, I don't look at Luke Cornett as like this big physical specimen that like NBA teams are jealous of or are afraid of. Now, I understand he had four blocks in that Lakers game, I believe. I think it was four blocks in the Lakers game. Or was it, did, was it the Lakers game? Yeah, it was the Lakers game. He had four blocks in, which was great. But if Time Lord's going to miss some time, it's good to have a veteran come off the bench and be able to fill in for him. And he's been great. He's been a perfect backup for the Time Lord. Because, folks, let's be honest, the Time Lord really hasn't played that great as of late. Now, you look at it, you know, late February, early March to now, it's night and day. He's still good. He's still producing. But he's definitely taken a step back a bit. And that left knee soreness could be because of the amount of minutes that he's getting because he's never played this much before in his NBA career, if not ever, even at Texas A&M. So Tristan Thompson has been very, very key to this 13 game or this, this little run that they're on since the trade deadline. And the team looks like they're having fun again. They really do. You can just sense it. You can see Tatum, you know, joking around with the coaches there. I, I, I don't know what happened, but there's a different vibe. And I don't know if Daniel Tice was the issue because, you know, ever since Daniel Tice has left, like things have changed, but like, I don't know. And the defensive effort is there. They just got to win against a good team to really show me that they're back. Now, I understand the Warriors are a good team, but they're not great. The Lakers didn't have AD and and LeBron and Drummond. They didn't have Drummond in that game. You know, the Nuggets game was good, but they didn't have Jamal Murray. The Timberwolves game, you know, that was embarrassing, but they won. They beat the Knicks. That's a playoff team. The Knicks have been playing well. They lost to the 76ers. And then, you know, they beat the Hornets. They beat the Rockets team that they should, you know, teams that they should beat. But I need a win against one of the top teams in the NBA to really make me say, hey, these guys are back. And they have an opportunity to do that this week against the Nets or the Suns or both. I mean, if they win against the Nets or the Suns, we're back. We are live. We are back. We are ready to go. But I'm okay with them beating the teams that they have to beat. Now, I know a lot of the media are like, oh, these wins don't count. But like, I would rather have them up 27 points with no LeBron James and no Anthony Davis than have them be in a tight game with the, with neither of those guys playing. So the Celtics are doing what they're supposed to do. If you're up 27 points against the Lakers, your rival, without LeBron James and without Anthony Davis, guess what? That's a good win because that's what you're supposed to be doing. Now, I didn't like what the bench did. I thought Brad Stevens brought him in a little bit too early and the fact that they literally pooped themselves on national TV in front of everyone was embarrassing. And the fact that the starters had to come back in was so infuriating. But, like, that was a good win. Because, sure, the scoreboard only says that they won by eight. But, like, that wasn't an eight-point game if you watch that whole thing. So the other cool thing about all this, even though because I am, like, so hyped about it, is the fact that, hey, guess what? Jabari Parker, he's here. Jabari Parker, former number two pick in the NBA draft, Hasn't had the best couple of years in the NBA. This is a great opportunity for him to kind of regain some of that confidence that he has lost being the number two pick. And Evan Fournier, he's not going to play tonight against the Bulls, but he'll be there against the Nets and the Suns. That means less Shemi, hopefully less Grant Williams. Like, that's that's the thing. So 
the fact that they are getting two guys that have produced before in the NBA back on this bench is a good thing. Evan Fournier coming off the bench and helping Jason Tatum in a night where Jalen Brown was out against the Warriors to do an illness, to have another scoring option out there, that's a big, big deal for this team. And that just shows this, this team's getting better. I mean, Jabari Parker did more for the Boston Celtics in 15 minutes than someone has all week. And we're going to talk about it right now on your stud and dud of the week. Hit the music. And now it is time for the Celtics stud and the Celtics dud of the week. Okay, your stud and dud of the week for episode 121. I want to say Jalen Brown because what Jalen Brown did against the Los Angeles Lakers, dropping 40 points on 85% shooting is nuts. But let's be serious here, folks. It's going to be Jason Tatum for the second straight week. He won Eastern Conference Player of the Week last year, and he might again this week, like I already mentioned. He didn't play that great in the Lakers game, but hey, when Jalen's playing lights out, it's nice that Tatum can maybe not have the greatest game. But Jalen... I'm 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 sorry, but like Jalen not playing against the Warriors probably probably hurt him to win sudden dud of the week. I, I know each player listens to this podcast every week and they're just dying to listen to it. But like Jason Tatum went toe to toe with one of the top five NBA players in the league, and it was incredible to watch. This week, Jason Tatum shot fifty seven percent from the field, fifty two percent from three. He went to the line six times per game. He averaged eight rebounds and four assists and averaged exactly 30 points a game. How how are you not stud of the week with those type of numbers? So shout out to Jalen Brown for that incredible performance against the Los Angeles Lakers. I mean, at one point, I think he hit 11 or 12 shots in a row. Absolutely ridiculous. So shout out to Jalen. But Jason Tatum was unbelievable in Portland. He hit that step back, top of the, you know, top of the key, three-pointer, It was a thing of beauty right over C.J. McCollum. You knew it was coming, but you just didn't know which way it was coming. Was it coming from the left side, the right side? Was he just going to take a step back, step to the side? Whatever the case may be. That's why Jason Tatum is so dangerous. But that shot to help them win that game was incredible. And by the way, not a lot of people talked about this. And I, I know I'm annoying sometimes because I'm a Brad Stevens guy. But Brad Stevens' call at the end of that Trailblazers game, having Marcus Smart Missed that free throw with three seconds left, knowing that the Trailblazers didn't have a timeout was absolutely genius. Marcus missed it perfectly, and then the second Dame Lillard got the ball, everyone went over and tried to trap him, and it worked out perfectly. And Brad said that they've they've only done it maybe once or twice in practice. They fully haven't executed it, and it was a gutsy call and the right call. So shout out to him there. But now let's talk about the dud of the week. <sighs> dud of the week is number 12. I'm not even going to say his name. Because, to be honest with you, he doesn't even deserve his name to be said. And I understand he's a, friend of, he's a friend of Big Night, so don't want to ruin any relationships. But number 12 stinks. Number 12 stinks. I am sure he's a great teammate. He's fun to be around. He's great in the community and can set a good hard screen. But get him off my basketball team for the love of goddamn God. Get him off the team. His numbers aren't even worth talking about because it will make you vomit. It took Jabari Parker 15 minutes to score 11 points, and it took number 12 61 minutes to do that in the last three games combined. 61 minutes to score 11 points, and I understand number 12 isn't out there just to score points. That's not his job. 
but 61 minutes. If you do the math real quick, that's an average of 20 minutes per game. The dude scored 11 points in 61 minutes. Jabari Parker literally gets off the plane, gets handed a uniform, and drops 11 in 15 minutes. Now, I will say this. He has hit some big shots late. In that Blazers game, number 12 did hit a big three-pointer. So tip of the cap to you. But that's about it. I can't stand it anymore. And the the Warriors game showed me so much. Oh, my God. I'm going to get angry, and I don't want to because I'm in a good mood because the Celtics have won six in a row. But this dude driving and spinning off the dribble for a layup? No. No, no, no. That might be option 1.6 trillion in Brad Stevens' playbook. No one has ever asked number 12 to do that ever, and I pray to God that number 12 never does that ever again. And then there are other times where he gets the ball and he, like, fakes a pass. He, you, I understand maybe passing the ball is a little too much. Like, if you do, like... 17 passes in one possession sure that may be a little too much maybe like 12 or 13 is key so but if you are going to fake a pass to jason tatum to shoot your own three-pointer nope absolutely not that's a big no for me dog no freaking way jose that should ever happen i don't see it i don't see why they drafted him i wanted brandon clark and to be honest with you this has nothing to do with brandon clark Okay, seriously, if you just watch this dude play, even if you liked number 12 getting drafted, there is no way in H-E double hockey stick that you could look around and go, yeah, he he was worth it. Yeah, he was good. Yeah, yeah, I'm glad he's on this bat. No, 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 no. I'm like I said, great guy, great in the community, great teammate, sets a good screen. But what else? Well, like, I understand maybe why they drafted him. They think maybe they could, he could be like the homeless version of Draymond Green. But no, number 12, you ain't it, Doug. Nope. Oh, my God. Oh, oh, my loins, my my blood pressure, everything is on fire right now. Just thinking about some of the plays that he made in that Warriors game. And I understand that shot that he made in the Blazers game. Like Again, I give respect where respect is due, and that was a big shot. And I've complimented number 12 before, saying... I do appreciate the fact that he's always ready, but some of the decisions he makes on the basketball floor are absurd, absolutely absurd, and I will never understand it, and I will never get it. So that's your stud and dud of the week. Jason Tatum is your stud, and number 12 is the dud. Let's talk about the upcoming week this week. This is a big one. I, I think this is an important week for the Celtics, You know, especially for seeding. I feel like every single week going forward is going to be... A, especially important for the Celtics, but this will really show them, hey, you've had a nice run, but but can but can you ride with the big teams? I mean, oh, excuse me. There's my, you know, weekly burp that I do on the show, but Monday night, tonight, if you're listening on Monday night, if you're listening on Tuesday, you already missed the game, but Monday night, 7.30 against the Chicago Bulls, this should be a win. Uh, they do not have Zach Levine. He's out on COVID protocol. They have lost seven, I'm sorry, five out of their last six games. They've lost to the Magic. They've lost to the Timberwolves. But the, it, it's going to be a good game. I mean, Daniel Tice is going to be starting. Make sure you give him a round of applause. He's going to start next to Vujicic, who's an, an all-star, an incredible player. He'll probably drop 20-20 and 20 on the Celtics. They also have Patrick Williams, the rookie. He's been playing great basketball as of late. They have Thaddeus Young coming off the bench. So that seventh in rebounding over the last 13 games, that has to continue against this, this Chicago Bulls team for sure. And then Thursday night, 7 p.m., 
on TNT versus the Phoenix Suns. It's an important game because they got to prove it. They really do. The Suns have also won eight out of their last 10 games. They are 40 and 16 this year. The Celtics are 31 and 26. So that's a big, big difference. And they are on a hell of a road trip. So maybe that's a good thing. And it will also be the second night of a back-to-back. So advantage Celtics there. The Suns have to play the Bucks, 76ers, Celtics, Nets, and Knicks on this West Coast road or on their East Coast road trip. And they have to play the 76ers on Wednesday night. And then they have to play the Celtics on Thursday night. So that is definitely a good thing for the Celtics for sure. And everything I mentioned about the last 13 games, like all those stats, you know, how they're doing three point percentage wise, free throw percentage wise, rebounding blocks, the plus minus different differential, the offensive rating, the defensive rating, the Phoenix Suns are above them in every single category. That's how good the Phoenix Suns are this year. I mean, they are very well-coached team with Monty Williams. They are very deep on the bench. CP3 has been an incredible leader for them. Devin Booker's been an all-star this year. DeAndre Ayton is improving every single game. He didn't start off the year that great, but he's a lot better now. Mikel Bridges shooting threes in the corner. Don't leave Jay Crowder open because those are the only three-pointers he can take. Make sure they're contested because he won't hit contested threes. They can defend. They can score. They can literally do it all. So if you can beat the Phoenix Suns, that's gonna that's gonna really get people energized and back into this the Celtics and maybe more pressure is put on the team. Maybe they don't like the pressure. Maybe they like the fact of being underdogs. Who knows? But if you beat the Phoenix Suns on Thursday night at TD Garden, that's a big win. You could argue that could be the best win of the season for sure. And then the next game on Friday, I mean, good luck. I mean, they haven't looked that great against the Nets this year. I think they've played twice already, maybe three times. I I don't even remember just because because. The Nets are just so good, and you never know who's going to play. Is it going to be, is Harden going to be back, but then they're going to sit Kyrie? Is KD going to be back, but then they're going to sit Harden? Who knows? But if all three of them are playing together, I think all three of them have only played together five or six times this year. So who the hell knows what's going on there? But ball movement and defense is going to win you that that basketball game. you got to do everything that you've been doing well, and then some. Uh, to hopefully get this win because it's it's not going to be great, Bob, in any way, shape, or form. So, and then finally, the Hornets game on Sunday is important for the standings. If the Celtics win this game, they own the tiebreaker against the Hornets. So right now, the Celtics own the tiebreaker against the Knicks. They own the tiebreaker against the Heat, and they own the tiebreaker against the Hornets. They just don't own it against the Hawks. So if they can win this Hornets game, they own that, and then they play the Heat twice, I think, in one week uh, the last week of the season in May, they win one of those two games. They own the tiebreaker there too. So a, a lot to ride on for the Boston Celtics here, uh, especially on Sunday to hopefully win that. I mean, the last time the, the Hornets and the Celtics played, the Celtics won by 30. No one scored over 20 points minus Tatum. He had 22. They had 29 assists. Our top six guys all scored over, I think, 14 or 15 points. This was the game Evan Fournier finally showed up and he was really good. They defended the whole time. This is just one of those games. Don't let the Hornets get confidence early. You know, don't let them get going. And you know, you you can win yourself a basketball game for sure. So the Celtics do have a tough schedule with the Suns and the Nets, but overall they can win this thing. They they can they really can improve their record since the trade deadline. Maybe I'm gonna predict they go three and one this week. I think they got a shot against the Suns, especially in the second night of a back to back, and who knows against the Nets, but you should be able to beat the Bulls. You better beat the Hornets, and then hopefully you can split against the, the Suns and the Nets. And, hey, if you win both, don't tempt me with a good time. 
I'll tell you that right now. But that's it for episode 121 of the Banner Banter podcast. Thank you so much for listening. As always, you can find me on the Twitter machine at Banner Banter 18 or on Facebook and Instagram at Banner Banter Podcast. Don't forget to go to BigNightShop.com and get some Banner Banter podcast merch. If you're listening to the podcast, please subscribe, rate, like, listen, whatever the case may be. Thanks so much for supporting as always. Let's stop Asian hate. Black Lives Matter. Keep wearing those masks. Hopefully everyone's getting vaccinated. Wash your hands. Follow the social distancing protocols, and we'll be back to normalcy real, real soon. Hopefully we'll get some more people inside TD Garden for some of the home games soon as well. And I think that's it for me. So toodles and noodles. X's and O's. Bye-bye. Sorry, but I'm gone. I'm history. And I dedicated my life to the Boston Celtics. I dedicated my life to the fans of Boston. I did my very best to please each and every one of you. Good night.